watched the early game last night, Boston and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay won to even the series, and that's a similar matchup to Pittsburgh and Washington. Boston and Washington each have more size and muscle, but the Penguins and Tampa Bay each have more speed and skill. It's not black and white, but that's who has more of what. Tampa Bay didn't win last night because they played well in traffic. Tampa won because they eliminated the traffic. They bypassed the traffic. Tampa Bay possessed the puck and opened up the rink. The Penguins have done that in the series against Washington, but maybe they could do it more. At any rate, that's the blueprint I saw last night. This is the Mark Madden Show live in Buford's on Fifth Avenue. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. My guest at 315 will be Capitals TV color man, Joe Beninati. Talking pens and caps with Joe Beninati in about 10 minutes right here on 105.9 The X. It is a hockey night in Pittsburgh. The pens and caps, it's one game apiece. Brian Dumoulin. Evgeny Malkin and Carl Haglin all took the morning skate. Sullivan says all three are game time decisions. Haglin wore a no contact sweater. Dumoulin and Malkin wore regular sweaters. But it's a good bet Malkin and Dumoulin are going to play because Haglin, Rowney, and Hunwick stayed on the ice after the skate to take some extra work. If Dumo and Gino weren't going to play. Ronnie and Hunwick would have gone off with the regular. So it looks like Dumoulin and Malkin will return to the lineup this evening for Pittsburgh. The key to tonight's game is the first 90 seconds. If it's 0-0 after 90 seconds, what an improvement that'll be. A lot of you experts talk about these perceived weaknesses the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions have. Yeah, they've got a lot of weaknesses. (laughs) That talk is almost all stupidity. But you can't keep giving up a goal in the first 90 seconds. If the Penguins get through the first five minutes at 0-0, they're going to win. Write it down. You heard it here. Because in each of the first two games, Pittsburgh got stronger as the game went on. But it's the Stanley Cup playoffs. You can't come out flat time it again. you got to slow down Ovechkin also. You can't let him score every game. I watched game two on tape. Matt Murray played great. You critics are so full of crap. Uh, Murray should catch with his blocker. His blocker play is unreal. Latang played very well too. So did Broussard. Although Broussard does have to be more productive. In fact, the Penguins could use a few more points from that third line in general. Uh, and Kessel, too, who I think is playing hurt. But that third line, Sherry, zero goals so far. But guys like Murray, Latanga, Broussard, you know, the Flurry fans are going to blame Murray, and the Ian Cole fans are going to blame Broussard. It's that simple. Support the logo, idiots. Not your imaginary lover, but that's what they said about the Atlanta rhythm section. 
Uh, it was intriguing yesterday when Mike Sullivan called Daniel Sprong an option. What a liabetic. But I will say, the knock on Sprong is, if he doesn't score, he doesn't help. Well, okay, but that's also what they say about Connor Sherry, and he has zero goals so far in these playoffs. They got Bud and Bud Light specials down here at Buford's on 5th Avenue, and we'll be giving away tickets to tonight's game at 6 p.m., but you've got to be here at Buford, so if you're one of those strap hangers who watches on the big screen, stop at Buford's. Have a Bud or a Bud Light and win entry to the game instead of just standing outside, God. All you people do is make the traffic difficult after the game. On another local radio show, they were talking about the Penguins' need to get even with the Caps and especially get even with Tom Wilson. Uh, Did these people even watch the playoffs in 2016 and 2017, that's not what the Penguins do, and it's certainly not how they succeed. The Penguins just play. If your bloodlust needs sated, go to a bar, start a fight, and get your ass kicked. The Penguins are just going to play and do what serves them best. Ryan Reeves, some of you want him back. Well, he's a healthy scratch for Vegas right now. Ian Cole, some of you want him back. Well, he's on the golf course right now. The guys who are here on this team are capable of solving any problems. Now, if you want to do cliched sports talk, try this on for size. If you could choose any one of the injured guys to play tonight, who would it be? Gino is the best player between him and Haglin and Dumoulin, no doubt. But if Dumoulin doesn't play, Matt Hunwick does. Sweet sassy Mo Lassie. Maybe the concussion protocol is loosened up if Matt Hunwick would have to play. Uh, Like I said, Tampa beat Boston last night. And when that happened, every series in the second round was tied at one game apiece. And it hadn't happened for a really long time. Kind of a spooky feeling, like I was using a Ouija board. Uh, And now guess what? After three games, every series will be two games to one. It really is quite supernatural. A Vegas one at San Jose last night. William Carlson scored in overtime. Vegas is a great story, but Carlson is the story within the story. This guy was at Jamoke in Columbus. Strictly fourth-line material. And he goes to Vegas and scores over 40 goals in the regular season. And he's killing it in the playoffs. Carlson is typical of the overachieving in Vegas. So it depends on Caps tonight. Pittsburgh needs a better start. Hopefully Tom Wilson won't kill anybody or maim or concuss. Although you know he's going to try. Let's go to Brandon and Etna. Brandon, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, what's up, Mark? Um, I just got a couple questions. Um, is there any chance you think Malkin is going to be out for the rest of the playoffs? Why would he be skating at practice in, in the morning skate if there wasn't a, at least a chance of him coming back? Why would you say that? I understand. I'm just, 
I've seen injuries throughout other professional sports, like Kyrie Irving injury, where it looks yeah, like Kyrie he's going to make it back didn't in take time. the morning skate with the Celtics last night. All right, if you don't agree with me there, do you like the Penn's money line tonight, minus 150? If you live in Etna, you can't afford to bet, but thank you for the call. Uh, Malkin wouldn't be skating as a decoy if there was no chance of him coming back. I know some won't believe he's coming back till they see him on the ice in a game, and if you're betting like Dopey and Etna, maybe that's the right way to approach it. 412-333-9939. This is the Mark Madden Show at Buford's Fifth Avenue. Up next, we're going to talk cocky with the Caps color guy on TV, Joe Beninati. He's just around the corner on 105.9 The X. This is Brian Dumoulin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. Joining me now, he is the Washington Capitals TV play-by-play man. It's a pleasure to talk to Joe Beninati. Uh, Joe, what's your take on Tom Wilson? Certainly, a lot of the things he does are borderline. Hi, Mark. It's fun to uh, to catch up with you just about every spring at this time. Um <laughs> It's a rite of passage, isn't it? And with respect to Tom Wilson, here's what I would like for for Penguins fans to know, and I realize why they have him as public enemy number one. I understand that. The the Tom Wilson that I've known, uh, now what, five seasons into his pro career, this is a gentleman who understands the rules, and yes, are you going to tell me that he on occasions he steps across the line? I'm I'm not going to debate that with you. It does happen. But from a body-checking standpoint, Mark, he's just about as clean as it comes from a technical body-checking standpoint. You don't see elbows. You don't see forearms. You don't get a high stick from him. He wants to check cleanly shoulder to body. And I know that in his mind the other day, things happened so quickly. When Brian turned away from Ovechkin, it just seemed like, bam, it was contact to the head that the league determined was unavoidable. I don't believe he's a headhunter. Has he done it before? Has he been reckless at times before? Yes, we can debate that. But I think he knows exactly what's clean and what's not. And for the vast majority of his young career, he's been a clean hockey player. Ken Dryden, the former goalie, thinks that any contact to the head should be penalized. And I agree with them. What's your call on that, Joe? Any contact, Mark? Uh, Yes, whether intentional or, or unintentional. And again, we're in an age where we're learning more and more about head trauma, and I can understand where Ken's coming from from that sense, but the game happens so quickly. In fact, I mean, I'm lucky enough to call college games uh, here and there on different networks, and, and they do behave harshly with respect to any head contact. I understand that, but things happen so quickly when I, 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 if you want to make it black and white blanket like that, any, any hit to the head, you're toast. Uh, it's going to be a long game, and but again, for the safety of the players, I'm all for it. I, I'm all for it. I don't want to see anybody have head trauma that's going to curtail them in their later years. No, I don't want any of that, and I don't believe Tom Wilson does either. Where is the Capitals' psyche at right now, Joe? I, I guess that's got to be a topic when they play Pittsburgh. They're feeling good about the way they performed in the first two games at home. Uh, they can have their laments about the five-minute stretch in the third period that got away from them. But more than anything, I think psyche-wise, their confidence mark is boosted right now by the play of, uh, of, of Braden Holtby. Ever since Barry Trotz gave him that reset, you know, parents give their young children a timeout, Barry <laughs> Trotz gave Braden Holtby a reset, 
And and Braden worked especially hard with goalie coaches, with people that he whose opinions matter to him. And he put his game back in order, and it was good towards the end of the regular season. It wasn't good enough to unseat Philip Grubauer at the start of the playoffs. But I think Braden has himself now in a position where at least he's shown to Pittsburgh in the first two games he's going to be a tough out. And I know that PPG Paints has been a difficult arena for him and for that team as a whole, but they're going in there with confidence knowing that they played really well in the first two games. And for the vast majority of the two games have been, they feel like the better team. They know they were the better team in the first period of game two. They had to be marked. They were desperate. Now they need to find that desperation level and that work ethic to match a two-time champion that they have a great deal of respect for. Well, the Capitals have certainly had great starts in both games. Did the Penguins come out flat, or did the Capitals come out flying? No, I didn't think the Penguins came out flat at all in that first game. Mark, I thought the first game could have been 4-4 at the end of the first period. I think both teams were, were crying about their defense there. The, the Caps believe they can generate off the rush against Pittsburgh, and we'll see how that goes throughout the remainder of the series. But, my gosh, there were rush chances all over the place in the first ten minutes. You had posts. You had great saves. You had goals. It, it was crazy. And I, I don't think either team wants to play it that fast and loose, and especially Washington tonight back on the road. They had success in Columbus. They figured something out, Mark, in games three and four where they were able to reel in Artemi Panarin and not let him run all over the place. Pittsburgh has way many more offensive weapons than Columbus, but I think schematically Washington found something that they're hoping will work again tonight. Ovechkin had a goal in each of the first two games, and there's no understating the importance of that, is there? No, not at all. And, and he's had a, a, a very productive first two rounds up until this point. And I think a lot of what he did in the offseason last year, after Pittsburgh dispatched the Caps after that gruesome Game 7, I mean, Washington played so beautifully in Game 6 in Pittsburgh. To come home and lose that best of seven was crushing to them. And Ovechkin put in a lot of work in the offseason. I think all of his motivation was to get to this point again, this spring, and deliver. And he's getting offensive chances, and he's putting them away. We know how lethal that shot can be, but when he's working with guys like Baxter and Kuznetsov who are putting the puck in the right place for him, uh, he can be devastating. But most importantly for Alex, I think he's got good skating legs at this time of the year. I'm not always sure that that's the case, but he seems fresh and powerful, and a lot of that work's paying off. Uh, Joe, here's a question we talked about ever since this matchup was set, and no one has an answer. If you had to defend Ovi on the power play, how would you do it? It's amazing that he just gets to blast away from that circle. Now, I don't know if I have the right answer. Uh, I know that there have been some coaches who literally take him out and will literally face guard him. In other words, make it a four-on-three. They'll just isolate on him, and then. but Alex is smart enough, and just like in every other circumstance, if you're playing lacrosse or basketball, if somebody's going to take you away, you move into a position where you force other players open. And, and Alex is bright enough, and this power play unit is smart enough to do that. He just, the execution is so good. And you have two world-class playmakers there between Backstrom and Kuznetsov, and then you have the, the option of Carlson from the top, you can't honor Alex too much. If you do, then the Caps will say, okay, you want to play it four on three, well, let's do it with more space as long as Alex backs away and lets everybody give, gives everybody their room. There are lots of ways to do it. Patrick Waugh literally had a guy sit in Ovechkin's lap and, and not move. If you're going to do that, you're making it a four on three, and, and most hockey coaches and players will tell you, I like that. You give me more room to operate four on three, we'll dissect you that way. 
one way or another, if it gets to number eight, his his shot is so good, uh, you can tell the goalies it's coming, and they still can't stop it. We're talking to Joe Beninati, the Capitals TV play-by-play guy, here on the home of the Penguins, 105.90X. Uh, I want to go back to the first round for a second, Joe. The Capitals obviously didn't want to fall behind the Columbus two games to none, but how much momentum does a comeback like that provide? I honestly think if the Capitals could pick a way, in retrospect, for that series to go, it probably went perfectly. Yeah, it definitely turned out to be a wake-up call. You know, we've been talking about lower expectations for Washington. The last two years, when Pittsburgh bounced them, they came in as the runaway President's Trophy winner, and, and you know that's the team that's going to represent the East in the Stanley Cup Final. The bar was raised very, very high. This year, the expectations are lower, and then all of a sudden they come out and, and lose home ice advantage quickly to Columbus, and then fall on their face in, in, again in another game that's the, the series was so tight in, in terms of an overtime. You know, you, to fall two in a row, there were people who had their hands up going, oh, no, not now, not this way. But it was a wake-up call, and, and I think more than anything, I, I referenced this a little bit earlier with you, defensively they found something, and it worked in that remaining four games to, to take care of Columbus in six. Whatever they found, they probably relaxed a bit in game one because I thought, again, Pittsburgh's a different animal. They're, they're so good in transition. Their passing game is so good. They, they create offensive chances, but I thought it was way, way too much in, in game one's first period. They got out of there unscathed, and it looked like they were going to bank a, a game one win, which I know they wanted to. Just once, I know they want to go to Pittsburgh up to nothing in a series, not have the Penguins steal home ice right away. But their, their mission now is to go in there and get one of these two, and, and I know that they're feeling good about the way they played in game two, uh, especially in the first period. One guy that's really impressed me so far in these playoffs is Orloff on defense. His game has improved by leaps and bounds since last year, hasn't it? Yeah, that's a good eye on you, Mark. I, I was amazed you know you look at his contract number and whoa you're like wow he got that kind of money and i thought that that he might crumple under that a little bit but he hasn't he he's arguably been and i know john carlson had a fabulous year in terms of points and 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 being on a top pair and and being a high minute guy but you could make the case that orloff's been the most consistent most sound of the guys back there that includes carlson that includes niskanen he's been really really good very physical uh, gets to be confrontational at time. I think his offensive game is underrated. Uh, he'll flash uh, occasionally tonight into space where you'll you'll see all of a sudden a two-on-two. Whoa, where did he come from? Now it's an odd man rush. Uh, he has that kind of ability. I think he's had a fabulous season. I know he wants it to continue. He wasn't really good in the first three games against Columbus, too. Honestly, that's, that's an assessment I got from a number of people. But he's bounced back, and he knows... The Caps are depending upon him a lot against a team with, with Pittsburgh's guns. Brooks Orpik was a Pittsburgh mainstay for a long time. How's he doing for the Caps now at age 37? Yeah, it, the, you know, the miles are ticking up, right? And um, Barry Trotz and the coaching staff, Todd Reardon, uh, obviously who has connections to, to Pittsburgh, Lane Lambert, Lane Forsythe, they all say the same things about Orpik. His value off the ice is hard to measure. He, he's brilliant from what, well, from what I gather in team meetings and film sessions, in, in independent meetings that he'll have with players, taking people under their wing. He's been fantastic. On the ice, I think, again, he's always going to be you know, the, the biggest guy on the Washington back end by, by far at, at 220 and physical and strong. And 
Barry Trotz will not remove him from the lineup, even against speed teams, because he's he needs that physical element in front of the goal to keep the paths clear. There are times when, when Brooks is so valuable, especially on a PK, still on penalty killing, uh, from a shot-blocking standpoint, his willingness and fearlessness to do that continues to be uh, really highly regarded in Washington. So even at this point in time, I think we're four years now into that five-year deal, uh, there are a lot of people who still believe the world and think the world of him. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a big Orpic fan. I think uh, I think his minutes bird might be a little high for a guy his age, but I, you need him out there, right? He was out there a lot early in the season when Niskanen was hurt for the better part of a month. Uh, Brooks was way up there. John Carlson was at 28, 29 minutes. Things have flattened out more, and they've been more reasonable in the second half of the season. And I think, uh, for the most part, they're not trying to get him to a, a minutes level that's going to expose him in any way. Brooks is uh, he's crafty. He's still smart. He knows how to take angles. He knows where to be positionally, even against all these jackrabbits that are running around out there against him. Uh, I, I think it's, it's fun to watch him uh, get by on his guile and his experience. And finally, Joe, what do you expect out of the Penguins tonight? Uh, I thought they played real well at times in the first two games. I, I thought they kind of faded at times in those games. They were very up and down, weren't they? Uh, I expect the champion's best punch in the first ten minutes, and I, I hope the Caps are, or else this could be you know, the kind of game that's gone lopsided in Pittsburgh's favor in the, fa- in the past. That's not obviously what Washington wants, but that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting that kind of push from Pittsburgh to be energized uh, by the fans in, at PPG Paints Arena, a building in which they normally perform very well. I know I think they've, they've dropped two of three to Philly in the first round there, but you know, they're going to come correct. Uh, they, they did their job. They stole home ice away. And, again, I could make the case, Braden Holtby made some ridiculously good saves in combinations uh, against Pittsburgh in the first two games. That game, those games could have swung uh, either way. Um, I, I do expect, though, just from what I know and what I've seen in the past, I expect Pittsburgh to make a really big push at the beginning, especially if Geno's in there, and it sounds like he is. You know, even at whatever percentage you want to say, he's not 100%. Uh, he greatly adds to to that aura that they have in that building. You better be ready for a really strong push in the first 10 minutes. Joe, as always, I appreciate the time. It's a pleasure. Good hockey stuff. We'll talk to you soon, I hope. Anytime, Mark. Thank you. That's Joe Beninati, the Caps. Uh, very highly regarded TV play-by-play man. Um, I want hockey calls. I want to know what you expect from the Penguins tonight. What I hope for, above all, is a better start. They trailed 17 seconds into the first game, uh, 88 seconds into the second game. That can't happen again. Uh, I'm not saying the Penguins need to score first or that they need to score first early, like in the time frame just discussed, but uh, they need to not trail right away. Also, in just a second, I'm going to tell you what I think is the big question to ask coming out of the Pittsburgh Steelers draft. I'm live at Buford's on 5th Avenue, 105.9 The X. This is Carl Hagelin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. If you want to talk hockey, dial now, 412-333-WXDX. Now that the NFL draft is over, the question remains, how do the Steelers fix their defense? I keep hearing people talk about hybrid this and Safeties instead of linebackers, that, and look how big Bennett is, blah, blah, blah. And, hey, I would rather play anybody. 
safeties, kickers, whoever. I would rather play anybody instead of the mediocrity the Steelers have an inside backer. Bintz, Bostic, Dirty Red, let's be blunt. There's almost zero talent there. But, but, who you got at safety? You got journeymen and you got kids. You don't have any Palomalus, that's for sure. So how exactly could the Steelers hybrid, if I may use that as a verb? Package this and package that, but you need talent. The Steelers don't have enough talent at inside backer or at safety, and the pass rush really ain't so hot either. So how do you fix that Steeler defense? Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. But let's talk hockey right now with Dan and New Ken. Dan, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark, how are you? Hey, um, I got to make a comment. The 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 play by play, um, the caps you just had on. There's something he he was very careful in choosing his words describing Wilson. I believe well, what's he, he supposed to do? Well, I understand what you're saying, but Wilson's a dirty player, and that's what it comes down to. Okay, I mean, I mean, Matt Cook was a dirty player. Darius Kasparitis was a headhunter. I mean, here in Pittsburgh, Penguins players have not been totally guiltless over the years, but Tom Wilson is a repeat offender, and he's a current topic. And I agree with you, and I'm willing to throw an Ulf Samuelson in that as well. And also, he made another comment about how the Caps respect the pens. And I do not believe one iota that. I think of anything. I think the, the Caps actually disrespect the pens. And I think that's part oh, of why they Thanks for the call, Dan. Uh, uh, the, the Capitals respect the Penguins. Don't judge the Capitals' level of respect by the actions of one idiot in Tom Wilson. It's not a matter of Tom Wilson disrespecting the Capitals. Tom Wilson dis- disrespects the game of hockey but he's aided and abetted in that endeavor by the NHL and by their director of player safety, George Paros, the ex-goon. Let's go to Grant on 79. Grant, you're on with Double M. Hey, Double M. Hey, wanted to get your opinion on uh, the play of Matt Murray right now and in, in the Philly series as well. Has it been up to par with the past two seasons, do you feel, or do you feel he's regressed a touch? Did they eliminate Philly? They, they did eliminate Philly, absolutely. Did, did, did they take home ice advantage away in Washington? Uh, yes. Sounds like it's up to par to me. Well, and, and he, he, he has kept them in games. It just seems like sometimes teams are exploiting the glove side. Yeah, you, you, you could not be more mistaken or, frankly, more stupid, Grant. Uh, most goalies let up a lot of goals over the glove, and the guy doing the shooting on a couple of those occasions was Alex effing Ovechkin. I mean, I know you wear your flurry jammies to bed probably, and you have dreams about Marc-Andre, but you're off base on this one, as is just about everybody out there criticizing Murray. And uh, for those who are analyzing his glove hand, I'd love to know your credentials for performing that analysis. Let's go to Don in Ohio. Don, you're on with Double M. Super genius. What's up? What up? Hey, when you were interviewing Joe Beninati yesterday, you were bashing the hell out of Wilson's hit on Dumo. But when 
freaking Beninati brought up the fact that Tom Wilson's a straight up. Okay, what, not, what's Beninati? What is shot okay? Shut, shut, shut up for a second, Don. What is Beninati supposed to say? He he does the Capitals games, and then what am I supposed to say to him? Well, basically, you're bending down to him, and like. No, Don. I'm not. No, Don. I'm not. No, Don. I'm not bending down to anybody. I'm showing professional respect to a colleague. And right now, you, Don, the scumbag from Ohio, should show deference to me because I'm your better in every way. Still there? Didn't think so. You know why you hung up? Because you realized I'm your better in every way. What the heck is Ben and Audie supposed to say? And am I supposed to jump down Ben and Audie's throat? That's professional respect. That's not how my business works. Beninati said what anybody in his position would say, including me. Although I did criticize Matt Cook quite a bit. Let's go to Josh in North Carolina. Josh, you're on with Double M. Good day, Mr. Madden. Right. Uh, my question is, uh, with the power play being 0 for 5 in the series so far, at what point would you and what changes would you make to uh I wouldn't. I would not change the power play. Anything else? No, that's it. Because, Josh, let me ask you now to make you sound even more foolish. Why would you want to change a power play that was first in the league over 82 games after just two games of a series? What would make well, you only, think that that would even be considered? The only thing that I would consider is if Joe Kessel continued to struggle or is hurt. Joe Kessel? You just called up. him Joe Kessel. No, Phil Kessel. Okay. If he is if he is hurt or, or doesn't continue to play, maybe pulling him off the first line power play might be a good idea. Okay, so let me see if I have this right. Phil Kessel was the, the, the table setter on that power play that finished first in the league after 82 games, and you want to pull him off after a couple bad games. Is that what you want to do, Josh? No, I'm saying if he's hurt or continues to not play well. Josh, goodbye. You've dug a hole. You're a stupid corn-pone hick from Ric Flair country. And even Rick wasn't from there. He's from North Carolina. He just played along with you simpletons to make you feel like he was one of you. Let's go to Colin and Butler. Colin, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. What is Brandon Hopi's biggest weakness? I don't know that he has one in particular. I think he's uh, uh, prone to giving up you know, a, a, a rotten goal at an inopportune time, but I can't look at him and say, shoot here, shoot there, or, or or something like that. Is that what you're looking for? Well, what about something outside the box, like playing the puck behind the net? He's not great at that. He made a bad mistake in the Columbus series, and uh, that, that, that Gensel goal that won game one, he didn't make the, the best choice in the world winding the puck up the boards to Sid, but I don't know how you go out of your way to exploit that. I think you just... You know, play your game and, and be alert, yeah, when he does play the puck. Let's talk to John in Slippery Rock. John, you're on with the Super Genius. Hey, what up, Big Sexy? What up? I, I'm sorry, so I don't understand, like, all this uh, criticism about Murray. I'm watching that game, too. That game could have been 7-8-2, 7-8-1. You know, I mean, they, um, I think he's played fantastic. And like you said, I mean, um, Ovechkin's got one of the best shots, one of the quickest releases ever. And he's blowing it past so many different goalies. I, I just don't understand the criticism. I understand everyone's love with Murray. No, and I do understand the criticism. The criticism is that a lot of people in this town are still in love with Flurry, and they want to blame Murray every chance they get because they're still in love with Flurry. That's where the criticism comes from. 
for your explanation, Big Sexy. Have a good day. That's the only logical place because anything related to hockey, I don't see any criticism that's that's legitimate. Uh, let's go real quick. One more quick call. Ryan in the car. Ryan, you're on with Double M. Hey, Marcus Sparks. How you doing? Yeah, that's stupid, Ryan. Goodbye. Let's go to Dan in the car. Dan, you're on with the Super Genius. What up, Mark? What up? Hey, just want to get your opinion on something that was a little concerning going into game one. Assuming Malkin doesn't play, how much longer do you leave Kessel kind of on that island with the lack of talent with Simone and Shahan? Who would you play with instead? I just don't see the third line, really. I mean, they had a couple of good games in the Flyer series, but, I mean, I don't really understand why Broussard would not be with Kessel at this point. No, no, that that's actually a good point. I don't disagree with that at all, Dan. I think if, if, if Gino doesn't come back, I would put Broussard with Kessel. But hopefully that's smooth. Hopefully Gino returns tonight. Thank you for the call. We got Stan Saver next hour. I am at Buford's on Fifth Avenue. Very exciting. Get ready for game three, the first home game of this Stanley Cup playoff series against Washington. And we'll be giving away two tickets at 6 o'clock, but you got to be here to win. Get here before that to register, and we'll give them away at 6 o'clock. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. This is Carter Rowney of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on your home of the Pens. 105.9 The X. In a way, I hate to be outraged over the Wilson hit on Dumoulin in Game 2 and the lack of discipline that followed, although I'm going to do exactly that at the top of the hour. Uh... And maybe the stupidest thing the NHL has ever done is appoint a goon like George Paros, uh, an ex-goon, without a speck of talent when he played. I have no idea why the NHL would make Paros the league's head of player discipline. Uh, That's like putting John Wayne Gacy on the Supreme Court. It's absurd. But the reason I hate to be outraged is because... It will not get fixed. The NHL will not fix it, so what's the point of getting upset? There is also no point to getting revenge like a lot of you want. You want someone to take a run at Wilson, to target Wilson's head, but that's not the Penguins' way, and it won't accomplish anything. Uh, The only point to be made by the Penguins is made by winning games and by winning the series no quarter brought to you by cw electric services make the switch at cwelectricalservices.com like i mentioned before uh, vegas won last night in overtime william carlson got the winning goal at san jose i neglected to mention that mark andre flurry in goal for vegas was just crazy good and if carlson is the story within the story at vegas then Flurry isn't far behind in that regard. In fact, he may be top dog when it comes to that because Flurry went to Vegas and some thought he'd never have a chance to win. He wouldn't get the wins he needs to increase his chances at making the Hockey Hall of Fame. But Flurry went to Vegas and has solidified his Hall of Fame credentials. Like I said, it's just quite an amazing story. Uh, don't forget, we're giving away tickets at 6 o'clock here at Buford's. 
courtesy of Bud Light. We got Bud and Bud Light specials here as well. My life is kind of, I don't know if it sucks right now, but it's, uh, I'm too jammed up with crap to do. I still haven't seen Chappaquiddick, the movie. I still haven't seen Super Troopers 2. I haven't had prime rib in over two weeks. I still haven't got a new cat, and I hate the phrase new cat because it implies that you're replacing the old cat, which is maybe why I haven't yet gotten a new cat. And I saw the deer die. Oh, and tonight's game starts at 7.30, which means 30 minutes of unpaid overtime, so I am indeed processing a lot of crap. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Penguins and Caps tonight. If you're just tuning in, Malkin, Haglin, and Dumoulin all participated in the morning skate. Malkin and Dumoulin wore regular jerseys. Haglin wore a no-contact jersey. He stayed on the ice for extra work afterwards, which indicates he will not likely play tonight. Whereas... Rowney and Hunwick also stayed out there for extra work, which indicates they won't play, which indicates that Malkin and Dumoulin will. And if those two are in uniform tonight, that would certainly give the Penguins a boost in every which way a boost can be provided. Tangibly, mentally, emotionally, on the power play with Gino, on the penalty kill with Dumo. So it looks like those two are going to play, and let's hope they are something close to 100% and that the Penguins can make the most of it. Uh, Gino, I don't know if it's his knee or if it's his ankle. Let's see how he moves. But boy, even Gino standing still mostly, like on the power play, has got to help more than Carterani. No offense to Carterani. In just 30 seconds, we're going to talk more about Tom Wilson and a major publications attempt to make him in to the good guy. I'm Mark Madden live at Buford's 105.9.